welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So, um, you remember last time we talked about thankfulness and how it was a key to unlocking the supernatural. Yeah? Yeah. So we had this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which was an encouragement to us to give thanks to God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ. And I just want to, you know, I think it's a... There's a number of verses in the Bible that I find quite challenging. Um, This is one of them. Um, Not in itself, but because um, it implies to me, or it can imply to me, that I have to accept my circumstances in order... You know, if I'm going to give thanks for it, I've got to say, well, okay, this is what it is, isn't it? And I'm... I'm going to choose to be thankful. Okay. Which can imply a sort of um how would you how would you how would you describe it? A sort of a you you resign yourself to the fact that this is what it is and it isn't going to change. So do you know what I mean? So I I'm just going to be happy anyway. Um and yet there's all sorts of other verses in the Bible that tell us to take authority over things and you know influence bring bring the kingdom influence and um and see things change so let's take Jonas here now okay am I supposed to be thankful that I'm not feeling well (laughs) um you know and and it's it's a there's a tension there that I I want to I don't want to ignore but I want us to you know, just acknowledge um, and realise that it is it is possible to be thankful and still expect things to change. Okay, I don't want you thinking that what we're saying here is you've just got to go. Oh well, God, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is it, you know, and we sort of resign ourselves to the. Oh well, it is what it is. My job is just to say, well, thank you, God, that it is what it is. Um, I think, I think what what I want to encourage you to do is is to realise that we can we can find a place of thankfulness even in the even in the darkest of situations, and still be full of hope that that situation can and should change. Do you know what I mean? I, so I want I want us to live with the tension of. Okay, God, well, thank you that I'm here because my presence here brings enough power to make this situation different. Yeah? So it's, it's I suppose what I'm trying to do here is just make sure that we don't, we don't take one verse in isolation at the expense of other verses um, because... In a setting like this, you know, we'll focus on one particular verse or whatever, and you think, oh, hang on a minute. So I want to make sure that we keep fastening them all together, you know, and do the whole jigsaw, as it were. Um, 
and um, but I think the 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 reason verses like this exist is because um, I know for myself I need to be in a place of peace, okay, in order to for my life to work well, and I cannot be in a place of peace um, if I am not thankful okay does that make sense you should because I, I don't want to confuse you um, but if I'm if I'm wishing the situation were different and that's where I'm starting from then I'm not thankful and I'm not at peace okay um, uh, and I think I need to be thankful and at peace in order to live well and hear what God wants to do if God wants to change the situation. Um, so, you know, for example, um, we're in the hospital and Brian is dying. Okay? Thank you, God. Right? No matter what the circumstances <coughs> might be, thank you, God. Right? And I'm not thanking, I'm just, this is just my personal take on it, okay? I'm not thanking God that Brian is dying, but I'm thanking God that we're together. Brian knows Jesus, right? Brian has lived a great life, and um, right now, God, if you want to keep him alive, that's fine. Um, but you know what's best. And sometimes we don't have answers. Um, <coughs> And we don't know what is the best thing to pray, but in that in that situation, I just I am looking for things to be thankful for. Okay, looking for things to be thankful for. I need to remind myself of what God has done. Okay, now I just want to take that a bit further. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We used to sing a hymn years ago, right? And there was a line in this hymn, and we used to sing it really excitedly. It was, here I raise my Ebenezer. Okay. And I hadn't a clue what it meant. <laughs> now, I don't know. You Can you... I don't know what the word is in German. So do you have a German Bible? Or do you know what, do you know what the word is? Okay. It's the first right. name of Mr. Scrooge. It, it is. It is the first name of Mr. Scrooge. Who is Mr. I'll just, Scrooge? Uh, very unhappy man. Very thankless man. Is he? Is he? Scrooge of Christmas. Scrooge. You know, Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens, Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, you have to. You have to watch the film. Um, well, I'll just. I'll just give you a bit of background to this story. If you could look up that verse in German, because you need to. You need to be able to. I need to be able to make sure that you've got a, a, the German word and you understand what it means. Okay, so 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12. Samuel is Samuel is should be the prophet. No, ask the Samuel. Ah, it's before. Uh, it's, 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 Oh, so he uses the same word. He named it Ebenezer. Oh no, it says 
In Germany, it, there is, um, how do you say, asterisk? Like, um, right. Asterisk. So it says, the name bedeutet Stein der Hütte. Yeah, Stone of Help. It's Stone it's of Help. Even, it's okay. It's even, even. Minus even. Minus even. Okay. The only difference. Sorry? It's the only difference. Okay. Um, because this is, it, this is, a, it's, a, it's a, just a really good um, mark, uh, marker for us. Israel is having one of these bad days again you know where they're all at war and 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 they all these different people are fighting them and in the end they turn to Samuel the prophet and they go help and Samuel comes and Samuel uh, prays and what he does is he, he he basically builds an altar okay and he puts this stone this large stone in between these two towns and he names it Ebenezer. And it's like it's just a bit slightly strange thing to do. Um, but what what was going on there was he was helping the Israelites remember what God had done. And that attitude, that 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 um, what's the word ritual is incredibly powerful okay which is why one of the reasons we love you know we love to get you writing down what God says and what God does and you keep a record of it somehow or you keep it on your phone or whatever so that you can remind yourself <laughs> when hey. Hi. Hi, 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 You can remind yourself of how good God is when it looks like God's gone on holiday. Okay. And, you know, the roof's fallen off your house and, you know... The cat got run over, or or whatever. Do you know what it? You know, you we've all got our lists, haven't we? And you just think, God, I thought you were my dad. I thought, you know, I thought you loved me. I thought you cared for me. I thought you were my shepherd. Whatever, daddy, daddy, da. Where are you? And it's in those moments when it's really, really helpful to be able to get a book out or have a song or, or something that reconnects you with the goodness of God the faithfulness of God the love of God which is why you know that song that we sang at um, Brian's funeral great is thy faithfulness I mean it's quite old fashioned the words but I would just encourage you just to get a hold of a copy of that and just you know, eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The idea, that, you know, it said, uh, what, what's that? The um, pardon for sin and a peace that endures. Um, your dear presence to cheer me up and to guide me. Strength for today, bright hope, bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand spare. Now. I would like to be in a place where I think I've got 10,000 spare blessings. 
you know, there you go. There you go. I mean, if I gave you £10,000 in £1 coins, you know, if we did Love Sale, like Mega Love Sale, all right, Love Spain, Mega Love Sale, it'd be great. You know, it doesn't work now, but you could have gone to Italy, couldn't you? You know, when there are like 4,000 lira to the pound. <laughs> Go and give everybody a lira. Well, you know, you can't really do much with a lira, but anyway. Um, if you had 10,000 euros, and each one of those, a one, one euro coin or a one pound coin, and that's a blessing. Go and find 10,000 different people. You know. And it doesn't impact on the amount of blessing that you have. And it's, you know, that's just a figure that the guy who wrote the song came up with, you know, because it fitted 10,000 besides, you know, 10,000 reasons. It's just, it's like when, you know, Jesus says to Peter in, in that story, think of a number too big to think of, you know, <laughs> how many times must I forgive, you know, 70 times, seven. think of a number too big to think of. Um, we have got, you know, we've got access and we've been showered with so much blessing and so much goodness and so much love. Um, it's impossible to comprehend. Okay, so I want to give you permission. And actually, no, I don't want to give you permission. I want to tell you. I want to give you an instruction. Stop. Please stop trying to understand it. Because as a finite human being, I don't think you can ever understand intellectually an infinite, everlasting God. We we just don't do infinite, do we? We can't like we can't like. What does that look like? Because we 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 are we are born into this beautiful thing called time and space, right? And we have boundaries. Things start and stop. Things begin and end. You know, even, you know, you, you fill a bowl full of cereal, okay, in the morning, don't you? And you eat it and it's gone. It's gone. The bowl is empty. So we live constantly in, in, a, in an environment and a culture and, and a society and, and, and whatever word we want to use, where things begin and end stop and start, you know, all that sort of thing. And nothing goes on forever except God and his goodness and his love, right? And you can't, you can't, well, I cannot work it out. So I did myself a favour and stopped trying to work it out and just enjoy it. Because the thing is, if it's never going to run out, then, then you're never going to stop enjoying it, are you? You know, and there's never not going to be enough. There's never not going to be an abundance because if there's an infinite and amount, if there is an infinite amount, well, it's beyond abundant, isn't it? Because abundant is more than necessary. But even abundant could run out. But with God, it just doesn't run out. Okay. Um. So that's why. That's what I, I want to encourage you um, to be thankful always in all circumstances. And one of the ways that helps you develop that attitude is just to be constantly reminded of how good God is and how much he loves us. Not necessarily because of the things he's done, but they are outward um, signs uh, of, his, of his goodness and his love. 
And just to complete the circle in that story, um, the Israelites got delivered once again from their enemies. God did an amazing thing, and they and they survived. Um, so I'm going to just like get a bit awkward now because this is an awkward verse. All right, this is a really awkward verse. <laughs> so if you're listening on the podcast, we're looking at Ephesians chapter one and verse sixteen. Which Paul is writing to the church in Sale. Okay. And he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. All right. Now, I do not cease. Okay. In other words, I always give thanks. For you. Is that like everyone? You and you and you and you. Well, you look it. You look it up, Andy. He writes to the saints in the church at Ephesus. That's everyone. He came to pay them a visit. stuff. Yeah. Right. And we, you know, the one of the ways we we um, we access God's word through the Bible is to take on the um, the theology that that is not just a word to them then it is a word to us now okay oh well Paul was you know the church in Ephesus was so so amazing he would write that wouldn't he you know no um, okay well yes he would but I want to suggest to you that that would be a great way to live you see, because I can give thanks for things, right? Stuff, situations, God providing food, God, you know, what healing my what whatever, you know, right? That's that's situations. But if I always have to give thanks, not have to, if I always choose to give thanks for you, and you, and you, and you, it's quite hard to hold something in my heart against you or have a judgment about you and be thankful for you at the same time the two don't really go together do they it's a bit like being angry and laughing it's really hard to be angry and laugh (laughs) which is why often not often but sometimes if we find ourselves in tense situations we ask the question do we need to laugh (laughs) do you need to laugh I and I just want to put that out there as a challenge to us if my like overarching the canopy the cover whatever it is the icing on the cake when I think about you It's really, it's really hard then to go. Yeah, but you did trip me up last week, because <laughs> all of a sudden, the, what what happens is the the power of those 
those offences, right, is somehow... We have a phrase in English, you pull the rug, you know, from under somebody's feet. Is that a... Is that computing? No, yeah. no, no, you're so, thinking of a German phrase for it. Right, okay. So, yeah. so we, we somehow want to suck the power out of it, yeah? Um, that's probably not a great phrase, pull the rug from under it, but it's like, suck the power out of it. What is the antidote? Right. is to think, okay, well, they're just incredible. Reasons, think of some reasons why they're incredible. Okay, because that's, whole, that's, the, that's part of that whole perfect love casting out the fear, you see. Because if, if I'm thinking about the fact that Jonas tripped me up last week and I fell over and, I, you know, and, and really damaged my elbow and I know he did it on purpose even though he said it was an accident, Okay, um, if I'm consumed with that, it was an accident. <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite hard to think. Oh God, Jonas is just so great. I'm just picking on you. Okay, but if I'm if I'm if in that moment I can go, you know, Jonas, he just he's just so, such an amazing man. I just love this about him. This about him, this about him. What you're doing is you're casting out the fear um, that has that has come in on the back of what happened. You see, because I'll, I'll just in that scenario, you're probably afraid that Jonas doesn't. Re- I'm probably slightly afraid that Jonas doesn't really love me because if he loved me, he wouldn't trip me up, right? Because if I wouldn't trip up somebody I loved, yeah. So you, what happens is you adopt the self-righteous attitude yourself, project that onto the person who has offended you in some way. Think, if that were me, I would never do that. Therefore, they obviously don't love me like I would love them. Okay, or I'm afraid that they won't love me. Okay, so so the perfect fear is beginning to cast out the love, and what we need is the perfect love to cast out the fear. So how do we turn that thing on its head? Well, okay, I'm going to choose to keep my love on. I'm going to choose to believe that Jonas is great. I'm going to give thanks for Jonas being in my life. Thank you, God, that you've, you've given me this incredible man to be a friend to. And then my testimony would be is that the, the offence just has... It, it, it's like the power just oozes oozes out, and I think, oh, and then probably my elbow doesn't hurt anymore anyway. <laughs> and even if he did do it on purpose, I don't care because I love him, and he's so great, right? Because that's me being powerful. That's me taking control of my situation, my emotions, I'm making sure that the weather on the inside is really great, okay? And um, I want to love Jonas to life, okay? And I'm not being, I want to love everybody to life, I'm not being judgmental over that, okay? So that just is one of those verses that you think, hmm, okay, probably need some work on that one. (laughs) So I wanted to help you, alright, so I've got some thank you cards here and you can have one or two each and I would love it if you would 
write a little thank you to someone and tell them how amazing they are and how glad you are that they are in your life. Alright, you don't have to do it now, you go away and think about it. So that you can put that verse into practice. Okay, you can be intentional about choosing to give thanks to God for somebody he's put in your life. Alright, so if you want to take one of, take a couple of them in an envelope and I think there's probably ten, so you can have two each. There should be some envelopes. So it's why, you know, why sing that song, you do all things well, just look at my life. Just, um, just want to thank God for my life. I want to thank God for your life. I want to thank God that we're doing life together. Um, because it just, it just, I don't know, it breeds a lot of peace. Okay. Is it psychology, isn't it? It is. It is reverse psychology. Um, but I think, I think it's on top of the just the. Uh, you could say, well, yeah, it's just a psychological trick, and and it's mind over matter or whatever. But I would agree. But what I'm what I'm looking at there is that God, who is spirit, inhabits everything, and therefore it's not just psychological. The power of His kingdom is at work. Okay, um, and great, you know. I mean, what would it be like if we lived in a society where we just were thankful for everybody? Um, because the thing is, when when I know that you're thankful for me, I don't need to fight quite so much to gain recognition. So I'm more at peace with myself. I don't need to prove myself to you. Um, by doing lots of good things or even in the most extreme things some people do bad things to try and get approval don't they I mean I, I, you know it's just how life works for some people who are not very well but um, but if we were if we were living in that place of knowing we're accepted knowing people are thankful for us we're not having to prove anything we can just <laughs> oh, that would be. It's got massive power. This. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you've been, if somebody has perhaps offended or hurt you, that might be the last thing yeah. first you want to open up when you absolutely. have to go to guide. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And to think that if you, on the other hand, if you've hurt, perhaps if you've done something that hurts someone, and then you find out that. Instead of going around being hurt and showing them being hurt and the effects of that, that actually they've been absolutely fine and they've actually been rejoicing in the Lord and giving thanks for you. Yeah. That's just amazing. Isn't it? it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, it is radical love. Yeah. You know, but Jesus hung on a cross, oh. right, and said to his accusers, Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. You know, and he's one with the Father, so you know he's he's forgiving him. It's not just he's asking God to forgive him because he can't. All right, all right. He's releasing, he's releasing forgiveness there. All right, and um, we sit here as a result, don't we? Uh, so, 
as we increasingly live in that place of thankfulness and contentment, um, thankfulness unlocks the supernatural. So, we've asked this question a few times, what is God's response? What is my response to uh, the revelation that God rejoices over me? God is very thankful that he created you, okay? He really loves the masterpieces that he has created. And I just want to... I, I can't really end the school without talking about uh, these this, this word and, and the two stories that go with this word. So I'm going to have to do it really, really, really succinctly, which will be a challenge. But um, when we know how much we are loved, we know that we're loved unconditionally, we, Unconditionally, We know that we cannot be separated from the love of God. I've found a lot of great things happen. You, you become very peaceful with yourself. You become very at home in love. You find it easier to love other people. You find you get less offended. <clears throat> and you live more in that place of... Um, extravagance and I uh, I just want to look at this word because you know what is I want my worship to God I want my love for God to be extravagant because his love <coughs> is for me is extravagant and you know even extravagance can have limits but I think this would probably go beyond abundance, right? Um, so let's just think about that word for a second. Um, can you give me an example of either so, something extravagant that's happened um, in your life, something that was so like unnecessary, right? <laughs> beyond necessary. It was just totally. I mean, you had a you had a, a little spa weekend, didn't you? It's a couple of days. Would you would that would that hit the extravagant button, or was that just necessary? <laughs> I was going to say necessary. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I, I'll give you one. Okay, which I th- and I think. The reason I would use the label was because it was unexpected. So we might have mentioned this before, but one time when we were going to visit Rebecca in America, um, unbeknown to us, a friend of ours who had an extravagant amount of air miles used some to upgrade us to business class, which it is the way to fly. Um, I mean, it was beyond extravagant. Well, not beyond extravagant. It was extravagant. You know, it was extravagant. Just, you know, I am, because I'm, you know, six foot one, just to be able to lie down. I'm lying down on an aeroplane. And it's just ridiculous. It was definitely extravagant. So has anybody else got an, an example? I mean, it doesn't have to be that dramatic. Yeah, we got Chester to do tickets for four people. <laughs> Chester, and we were not expecting it, and we didn't have to pay anything for it. Well, you see, that's extravagant, isn't it? That's great. That was great. Yeah, thank you, Rose. 
Anything else? So beautiful, so spoiled. It's gorgeous. <laughs> we got, I think, the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. Um, so we got a house bought for us and completely done up for us so we could choose everything. Wow. And all we had to do is pay the rent back. Wow. And that was a friend. That was pretty. It was felt like we won the lottery. How often does that happen? Well, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and I, I, <coughs> I, I want to I want to put this word into um, into how how I want to worship God. Okay, I'm going to look at look at a couple of examples really quickly. Um, one is in um, the Old Testament. It's in two Samuel chapter six, and it's the story of it's the story of when the ark gets brought back to Jerusalem. Okay. And there are two slightly different versions of the story. The, the story, the version of the story in Chronicles, is slightly different. Um, but I'm looking at this one, this one from two Samuel six, and so David is bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. So this is an incredible expression of worship in the context of the Old Testament. Okay, so we're looking at the Old Testament. So God. You know, the, the image is the presence of God is in the box, is in the Ark of the Covenant. You know, that's, that's it's just this really special thing. They've got this, um, the, the Ark of the Covenant, and they, they have to carry it on poles. All right, so there's, there's rings in the corners, and, they, and they, put it, they, put it, um, they put it on poles. But for some reason, they don't put it on poles. They put it on a cart, okay? And... The road's a bit rough, and um, uh, it looks like the cart, the, the, the ark's going to fall off the cart, and, you know, some guy who has, whose name I can't remember go, puts his hand out to, you know, stop it from falling off, and boom, gets struck down dead, which is a bit weird, and I don't quite understand, but nobody then wants to touch the ark, apart from this guy called Obed-Edom, right? And he goes, I'll have it in my house. Okay. All right. Now, just think about that for a minute. In the context of the Old Testament, where God isn't really everywhere, God's like in this box and they come and worship, you know, they come and worship uh, in a particular place. This guy says, I'd like God in my house. And because of, you know, the fact that the last person who touched the ark died, they go, all right, then you have it. <laughs> so he gets it in his, and you can read it in the in the in the in the chapters before this. And um, Obed Edom just gets really, really blessed. All sorts of wonderful things happen, right? And it reaches the ear of the king David. It says something like that. It says David, like you know, heard the jungle drums on the grapevine that Obed Edom was getting really blessed. By having the box in his house, <laughs> so David thinks, right, 
it's time to get the ark back. <laughs> so they go off and um, uh, they get a car and they, and they, and um, no, they don't. They don't get a car. So they do it properly this time. So they're looking then for volunteers to, you know, put the so the poles, put it on your shoulder, right? Do you, do you fancy? Uh, no. Anyway, they get four people, right? So, and you read it in in one in two Samuel six, right? Okay, off we go. Come on. So they set off. Right now, you need to know some um, some statistics, all right? Okay. Um. So the first thing they do before they set off, they think, what we'll do, because, you know, in the context of the Old Testament, they did sacrifices, didn't they? God, God seemed to love, love sacrifice. So they kill animals, <coughs> and they, you know, they burn them on the altar, and, and they, they, the fragrance, and, and, and that, was, that was the thing, you know, that made God happy. So David thinks, right, well, the first thing we do before we try and move it is have a, let's have a party. So... They sacrifice seven bulls and seven sheep. Alright? Okay. And then, if you're reading 2 Samuel 6, they then set off. Okay? One, two, three, four, five, six. Alright? It says they take six steps. And then... A bit like, you know, in that 2 Chronicles 20 story where they all went out at the front and started singing and realised they weren't getting shot at. <laughs> They've taken six steps and they're all still alive. You know, because the last time they tried to move the ark, somebody died. So, they, you know, they've, they've gone, we're still alive, we're still alive, we're still alive. And once they got to six, they were so... I'm just playing with you, right? They were so like, this is amazing. God hasn't killed us. God must be really happy. Let's have a party. Right? <laughs> so every six steps, they had a party. They killed another bull and another sheep. Right? Where did they get all the bulls and the sheep? <coughs> like, were they just wandering along in, you know, Jacob's field next door? Excuse me, Jake. Uh, could they with a bull? You know, is that all right? Yeah, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Okay, right. How far was it from Obededom's house to Jerusalem? You're not expected to know. It's about ten kilometers. Okay. All right. Now, if we if we if a step is a meter, okay. You've got a heavy load. It won't go into. Okay. Well, I've, I've just done some rough calculations. Okay. Just how much is actually be like a career? 167 bulls a kilometer. Right, okay, so what did you say? 167? Yeah. What, what's that number? 167 bulls a K, and they did 10K, so it must be 1,067. Figuring out the whole shot. Yeah, that's it, that's it, keep going. <laughs> 1,666 bulls. I mean, it's <laughs> okay. Very roughly, 1,677 animals got slaughtered. Okay, by the time no, they'd done it. Only bulls, and then sheep, a sheep as well, isn't it? Yeah, bulls and sheep. Wow. Yeah, so double the. Yeah. So, bulls, 
on the same sheet. Okay, right. This is a lot of big mess. It's a lot of mess. It's a lot of blood. It's a lot of guts. Sorry if you're vegetarian. Okay. Right. And did they clean away the stuff? Sorry? The way to Jerusalem must have been like plastered. Absolutely. It was a mess. Okay. But it may interest you to know, and even if it doesn't interest you to know, I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, <laughs> how much did it cost? Well, if you were to do it today, okay, if you were allowed to do it today, and you, and you went to market and bought the cattle, bought the, bought the bulls and bought the sheep, Alright? A bull at slaughter, right, would cost you um, £3.50 a kilo, <laughs> right? And your average bull weighs 500 kilos. Oh my right? <laughs> Which means your bull costs about £1,750. And you kill. And you need 1,677 of them. I won't ask you to do the maths. I'll just tell you, you'd need 2,934,750 pounds. Right? That's in old money. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, today's prices. You would need a further... Um, sheep, although our uh, sheep are obviously not as big as bulls. So you'd need another £400,000 for the sheep. Okay, so 3.3 million pounds. Okay. When will you be 30? Uh, four years. Four Three and a half years. Miriam, I'd like you to organise an extravagant birthday party for Jonas. Okay, for his 30th birthday, your budget 3.3 million pounds. It's crazy. I've changed. You can't go over that. I was like, it's a crazy party, right? It's, I mean, it's beyond wasteful. It just is. It's ridiculous. But you see, wasteful is only a word that has any meaning in a limited, finite <coughs> society. Can't be wasteful if your kingdom is infinite. Eyes to short, yes. Okay. Now, um, I I think we would allow ourselves to use the word extravagance to describe that party, would we not? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, how many bulls? How many sheep? Total cost of the party at today's price is three point three million pounds. Okay, now there's another story in Luke chapter 7, which is a really, really lovely story. Um, and again, if you read all the Gospels, you get, you get some versions of the same story. You're never quite sure whether this is another version of that story or if this is a different story. Um, but this is, the, this is the occasion where the particularly sinful woman <laughs> comes and washes Jesus' feet. Um, and you can read that story. It's a really beautiful story um, it says um, that the perfume that she used to pour on his feet cost her a year's wages now the average income in the UK 
bad. They do these calculations. So every, you know, there's 60 million people in the country and, you know, so many of them have got jobs and, and they earn from this amount to this amount. And the average of all that, the average earnings in a year is 27, at the moment, is about £27,000. So probably about €30,000. Now, this woman say, somehow saved up €30,000 to buy some perfume. It cost The perfume that she used cost a year's wages. Now, <laughs> I've never tried to save up the equivalent of a year's salary. It's just impossible. It's like, how do you do that? How do you manage? How, you know, how, how little can you manage on in order to put, put enough away to, you know, save up a year's salary? A year's salary. Okay, so the budget's not three, three million, right? What you've got to do is, before he's 30, you've, you've got to save up a year's salary, Okay. On top of all the other expenses, you've got to like, right? Well, you're starting to work now, shouldn't you? Oh, well, no. <laughs> okay. right. And then you're going to buy him a present that will get consumed in an hour. Right. You're going to spend £30,000. So, you may or may not be interested to know that the world's most expensive perfume is that. Okay. No, um, it's actually called. Um, I, oh, right. It's actually called um, something quite incredible. Um, the name I did have it written down. It's something quite royal and regal, and uh, it. Oh, here we go. It's uh, Clive Christian Number One. It's called Imperial Majesty. Uh, there were only ten ever made in October 20, uh, twenty fourteen. Um, the collar round the bottle. So this bit here is eighteen carat gold. Okay, and. Um, you can't buy them, but if you could, you would need £150,000. For a bottle of perfume. For a bottle of perfume. You don't throw the bottle away afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to, trying to help you get the perspective. So this woman, bless her, who is considered by many to be an outcast and a reject and a particularly horrible sinner, right, somehow gate crashes the party and... Gets down on her knees right, at Jesus' feet, and Jesus' feet haven't been washed, and that is the problem, right? Simon, for some reason, didn't provide somebody to wash their feet. And, you know, back then in Jerusalem, they didn't have sidewalks and roads, right? It was just all road. And they didn't have signs that said, You'll be fined if you don't pick up your dog's poop, right? 
okay? So there's, there's donkey poop everywhere, there's camel poop everywhere, it's just poop city, all right? And you can't, you know, you just can't avoid it. And I don't know about you, but it's the worst thing if somebody says to me, uh, you know, you're walking along, watch out! You know, it's almost like, ah, I was doing okay, now, now I'm really going to stand in it, all right? And they had sandals on. And, you know, I'm not trying to be gross, but their feet probably did stink, which was why you had a servant on hand at the door when your guest arrived to wash their feet, because their feet stank. Because <laughs> that, was, that was what life was like. But for some reason, Simon hadn't done that. And this woman comes in and gets down and weeps on Jesus' stinky feet and then pours £30,000 worth of perfume. <sighs> Nobody sang Kumbaya. <laughs> no, here I am to... Not that, you know, we have a definition of worship that if we're <coughs> careful is so narrow and limited and whatever. But that, for me, is one of the most extravagant acts of worship you will ever come across. And it was an act of worship that was um, performed in the nice, you know, not performed, but, you know, that worship came, if you read, it's quite fascinating. Um, Jesus comments that her faith has saved her, if you read at the end of the story. Go in peace, your faith has saved you. And, and that, for me, is quite significant because it implies to me that she's not doing what she's doing in order to get Jesus to forgive her for anything. She knows that this one, this man, is you know who he says he is and she is worshipping him out of the love that she knows he has for her so she's worshipping from a place of um, forgiveness and love which just breathes extravagance breathes extravagance so there is nothing you can do in terms of worshipping Jesus that is too over the top. Okay. Um, years ago, uh, we felt God say to us, um, he wanted us to be fervent in our worship. And we've, we've sort of carried that word and done all sorts of wild and wacky things when we got together, just, you know, without boundaries as far as possible. Because we want people to be free to worship extravagantly in response to the extravagant love that they are being loved with if that makes sense so I wanted to sort of leave that with you as um, an invitation that I don't I, you know I I want you to live an extravagant life I want you to live and I want you to know that you can live an extravagant life 
uh, a life of extravagant worship, a life of extravagant love, a life of extravagant giving. Because in, in that you are simply mirroring the essence and nature of God himself. And he loves it. And he loves you. So let's just pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for the extravagant love that you have always had for me. You have for me right now. And you will always have for me. Thank you for the extravagant nature of our relationship. And I pray that we would be people who live enjoying such extravagance and modelling it uh, to the people that we are in relationship with. God, I pray that we would be extravagant in our thankfulness um, for all that you have done, are doing and will do for your nature, for your love, for every aspect of your character. I pray that, God, we would be extravagant in our thankfulness for the people that you have connected us to, that we may not cease to give thanks for them, that we may not cease to want to see them blessed and encouraged and uh, loved. And thank you, God, that you give us the opportunity to be your voice, your arms, your hands. So, God, I just... I just, I'm so grateful that you've given us this opportunity uh, to be together for these five months and experience so much of you, your your wonderful nature. And I pray that as uh, as these dear ones um, hop off to Spain next week, they would just, without any pressure, love extravagantly because it's who they are it's who they are it's who you are people you are extravagant lovers <laughs> Amen. thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast for further information check out www.idestiny.org.uk